Everybody, we are back for another Eurovision for Real podcast. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, please do. This is the moment. You can you can subscribe now. I won't be bombarding you with content. I don't know, maybe you want me to bombard you with content, but it's been it's been a lot of stuff happening ever since our last episode. We've got so many other national selections here in play. Finland entered the chat. Portugal has entered the chat. Moldova has entered the chat. Denmark has entered the chat. Oh my goodness. So many things to cover in our Eurovision world right now. And I just want to take this moment again just to say thanks to everyone who's been listening. I mean, especially since we're we're not in like peak Eurovision season right now. Like, no, we're still we're still keeping it kind of, you know, thoughtful and everything. We're we're taking our time. We're not we're not in like the heat. You know, we're not in Super Saturday Eurovision season, but we really are in the heat of national selection season. So I think that I, you know, I, I kind of want to not talk about any of like the factual things. No, no, no. Today is a day for dreaming. <laughs> Today is a day for dreams, y'all. Because we're going to be really breaking down who could win Eurovision 2023. And you might be asking yourself, okay, Alicia, there are no songs. Well, there are three songs. We've got Ukraine. We've got, well, who else do we have? <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking Ukraine. Yes, like we have Ukraine. We have Belgium. Belgium entered the chat since our last, uh, our last conversation. Um, and then we have, oh my gosh, I'm blanking. See this? Oh, Albania, of course, Albania, Albania. There we go. Man, it's 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 been a long day for me now. Um, but no, I am I'm really I'm really looking forward to getting into this conversation because I have to say. Last year, I did a video where I did my predictions, and this was when we had no songs. And I did say in my predictions last year that Ukraine could win, and this Ukraine could win. I filmed that video October last year, so it was October 2021, and I, I, I think I had five countries that I listed out. I had five countries. And Ukraine was one of them. Ukraine was one of the countries. So I thought about doing a video this year. And then as time started ticking on, and then like the national selection season just kind of crept up sooner than I thought. You know, Ukraine decided to do their national selection sooner than what they normally do it. And then it was just like we ended up with songs. So I give the disclaimer that it's going to feel not as fun only because we've got three songs. You know, we've got three songs. And, but I still in my mind sort of have this itch, my little psychic itch that tells me what countries I think. So we're going to start off and we're going to be talking about five. I did five last year, so I'm going to do five this year and we're just going to kick off with a country and this is going to feel unfair because we already have the song, but it's Ukraine. I said Ukraine last year. And pretty much the reason why I'm saying Ukraine again this year is in large part because of why I said it last year. Ukraine gets Eurovision. They know what they have signed up for. They know what they have set themselves up for. 
and and they just have figured out kind of that formula that that formula for Eurovision and you know with the entry that they have this year I'm just gonna go ahead and say this song I think will probably be in my top 10 and it'll be very difficult for some other countries to knock this song out of my top 10. It just really is right up my alley. It's just the music that I really do like listening to. The track is very Labyrinth. We've talked about this. Labyrinth is the guy who does a lot of the original music for the television show Euphoria. And and his creative process is really interesting. He's a he is a um an electronic artist. Um, he, he has this ability to, um, just sort of create these sounds and it's just, it's like, and, and kind of create these sonic immersive experiences, which honestly I feel like is what Ukraine's act is doing this year. And, and, you know, where some people might, the critics might say, well, it's not following kind of that, that structure that we're used to. If you look at the landscape of music now, the way people are composing music, it isn't following that, you know, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse two. We're not following that structure. So it's not crazy to think that like a song like this could win. I, I think that it's, you know, it kind of sucks because Ukraine won last year and they're not able to host so I think there is this level of Ukraine kind of like, okay, no, but we want to host. So like, I think they're going to be coming with some heat <laughs> for the next couple of years until they can host again. Uh, but honestly, like, look, we've got three songs right now. Ukraine's song Heart of Steel is good. It's it's by and far my favorite song. And I would even venture to say even some of the songs in the national selections I, I like this song still tops it and it's topping some of the songs that are the top songs in those national selections and I still feel like I like this song more so I'm just throwing it out there that's country number one we're talking again this is the Eurovision for real podcast the Eurovision for real podcast and we're having fun today and I'm giving you my predictions of who I think could win Eurovision 2023 it, it would be way more fun to do this when we had no songs but the national selections just started creeping up on me, y'all. You got to forgive me. And I should also say, I started off in a place. So when I first started thinking about, okay, yeah, like, what could win Eurovision? What's, like, what's sort of in the tea leaves that I'm feeling? And I really said that I thought that this was a big five year or a Balkan country year. That was where I really started was I was like, big five or a Balkan country. I don't know why I'm not feeling like it's a Nordic year. I'm just not. I don't know why. I don't know why. And it's crazy because if you listen to my countries that I think will win Eurovision soon, you already know I really want Finland to win again. That's just a country that I want to see become victorious. And looking at their national selection, they're coming with heat. They're coming with fire. They're coming with cha, 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 cha. Oh, they are. But they're also giving us something to lose, to lose. 
Thieves, which that song I legit feel like could win Eurovision. I don't care what anyone says, okay? I feel like something to lose could win Eurovision, but I'm sticking to my original predictions. Oh, and then the other country, the other Nordic country, Iceland. I want Iceland to get a Eurovision win soon. I really, really do. But I just don't know if this year it's in the cards. This year, and and I also think it's weird because we're still in sort of this weird Eurovision season after the um, the show was canceled in 2020. You know, it set us in this space. So then 2021, we were back in the same, you know, place that we were supposed to be for 2020. And then, you know, we sort of had like, and then the way that the contest sort of went was this modified way. We didn't have like full capacity in the audience and whatnot. The press room was a little bit more folks remote as opposed to like being there in person, you know. And so then fast forward to Italy. We thought that we kind of have like Italy as our reset year and we're kind of getting back. But then, you know, with the situation in Ukraine and then Ukraine winning and then being unable to host, now we're going to the UK even though they didn't win. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not in sort of that Eurovision like normal period. And honestly, I'm, I'm just going and tell y'all this and, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but we really might never reset. Like I guess I have to say that. This this might be our new normal um, of Eurovision. This could very well be our new normal, and maybe we don't reset, but I am an optimist. I am hopeful. So I guess I say all this to say, I think if this was a normal year, if like the winner from last year hosted again this year, we didn't have to worry about, a, you know, um, sickness or anything like that. We didn't have to worry about uh, safety because of, you know, unrest and war. And all of that stuff. If we didn't have to worry about those things, I'm telling you right now, I feel like this would have been a Balkan year. It would have been a Balkan victory. So I'm using this as my transition of I'm still going to stick to my guns that I feel like this is a big five or a Balkan year. I think. And so for the purposes of this conversation, for the purposes of this conversation, I am denoting the Balkans, and this is by way of the internet. I'm going to go off of the internet. I am denoting the Balkans as um, the area that is uh, like Serbia. I'm, I'm talking, you know, Croatia. Um, so maybe I should just go through the list. So definitely we're talking Albania. Bosnia Herzegovina, but obviously they're not competing. Bulgaria, but obviously they're not competing. Kosovo, obviously they're not competing. Montenegro, obviously they're not competing. North Macedonia, obviously they're not competing. But for the purposes of this conversation, I am also going to include, and this is by way of Wikipedia, so these are countries mostly within the Balkan peninsulas. So we're not just talking like a Balkan country by way of um, like maybe culturally, uh, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Greece. I'm putting Greece in there. I'm putting Serbia in there. And I'm saying Croatia and Slovenia. That's, that's what I'm, I'm going to go with. So for the purposes of this conversation, and we're thinking about Eurovision 2023, if I'm saying we could have a, Bal a, a, a Balkan win or a Big Five win. So the Big Five, we've got Germany, which I don't think they're going to give us a win, but I will be hopeful. Uh, the UK, I think the UK could give us a win. Spain, 
I think Spain could give us a win. Italy, you know, it's too soon. It's too soon for Italy, so I don't think Italy is going to give us the win, you know, in a good way, in a good way. I don't think Italy is. They just won, so it's okay. We can, you know, we can wait our turn. Um, And then I'm leaving out one country, so I said UK, Spain, Italy, Germany, France. And France, I don't know, y'all. I'm not really clocking France for a win, if I'm being real. But again, I'm saying big five year. And Lazara has been announced as the representative for France. Did y'all see the the Miss Universe? France! United Kingdom! Belgique! You know? <laughs> Why y'all got those girls hollering? They don't need to be screaming. But yeah, no, uh, Lazara was announced for France. And I think she could be interesting, but I don't know if I'm clocking the win. I think that France is just focused on finishing well this year. But of the big five, I am looking at Spain, and I'm definitely looking at the UK to possibly give us a win. I'm definitely looking at Spain, and I'm looking at the UK. All right, but then if we're talking about the Balkans, so a Balkan win for the purposes of this discussion, Albania. I don't think Albania is giving us the win this year. I like the song, but I don't think it's going to happen, so I wouldn't put put my money on that. Um, Greece? I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. Maybe. So I'll say that. Serbia. I'd love to see it. I think we have to be clocking for Serbia. I think we have to keep an eye out for what Serbia could be giving us. So Serbia, I definitely think, is in the mix there. Croatia and Slovenia. Slovenia, I'm going to say right now, I definitely think is in the mix If you listen to my last podcast where I was talking about the six acts that we had at the time, I did talk quite a bit about Joker Out. I think Joker Out could give us something that's winner potential, point blank. So Slovenia, I am, if you want to bet, I don't think it could hurt to put some money on Slovenia. I want to say it couldn't hurt to put some money on Croatia, but we don't know who they're going to pick yet. We don't know who they're going to pick. And I will say, looking on the internet, when we're talking about the Balkan Peninsula, um, they they have this one category that's like countries mostly outside the Balkan Peninsula. So I just want to name this if folks are like, why aren't you including this? So they've listed Romania, Turkey, and Italy. So Italy's big five. Um, Turkey doesn't compete anymore. And Romania, do they identify as like, you know, kind of Balkan? I don't know. So for the purposes of this conversation... I'm I'm really, I think, going to root the conversation from a Croatia, Slovenia, and Serbia perspective. But I'm doing one asterisk by Greece. I'm doing an asterisk by Greece because I'm curious to see what Greece wants to do. I think Greece really wants to win Eurovision. I think it's been some time, and I think Greece is like... We want to get in there. We want to get in there and we want to get the win if we can. Okay, so let me break down. Now we're going to get granular and I will explain why. And I think the best place to start probably is Spain. We do have the songs from their national selection. So this isn't as fun. You know, it's better when we don't have any songs because, you know, then you'll just say, oh, well, you cheated. You said it because they had a strong national selection. 
but I would have already gone into this year saying it. So I am saying that I started again. I hate to repeat myself, but I'm going to repeat myself. Your vision for real. I started off this season thinking it's going to be a big five or a Balkan year. And if we were in normal Eurovision, <laughs> normal in quotation marks, Eurovision times, I would be saying that this was a year for a Balkan to win, point blank. Like I wouldn't even probably consider a big five. I'd be like, no, 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 this is a Balkan year. It's time We've waited too long. It's going to happen. The Balkan countries have been giving us quality. Like one of them's going to get it. Okay. One of them's going to get it. And so I still occupy that space a little bit. So already on the board, we've got Ukraine talking about winning. And I said I was only going to pick five countries. So Ukraine, we've already covered. Next up, number two, Spain. All right. Spain could win Eurovision this year, and I will say because of, like, three artists. Fusa, Mi Familia, Mirade, Mirade. Okay, um, that song is so current. It is so fresh. It is what people are listening to today. Yes, it has some Rosalia vibes, but the song still feels authentic to Fusa. Like, as a performer, it still feels like her story. The narrative is there. It is personal to her. This song is great. And the other piece about it that I would say is, it's not a hard song to stage. It is not a hard song to stage. The way that she delivers this song is it's just not going to take a lot. It's not going to take a lot. So that's reason number one. Reason number two, Alice Wonder. That song is so... It's an experience. It envelops you. Sonically, it is, it is diverse. It is a journey. It's one of those songs that just feels special. It just feels special. It feels right. It feels right. I, I on eurovisionfam.com there is an interview with Alice Wonder, the performer. You got to check it out. So go to eurovisionfam.com. You can just get to know our girl a little bit better. Um this song is going to be divisive. It is. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. It is it's going to be a divisive song and I think that that's one of the things that you need at Eurovision nowadays, you need people to either love it or hate it um, because the people who really love it are going to pick up the phone and call. I think the way that they stage this could be so impactful and, 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 and inventive. I think that it is, it is this electronic song. It, it has sort of this sonic diversity where it's like we start off the song feels very small and then by the end of it it feels so grand it it has that like way of keeping you in it so I'm very curious to see how they stage this but that's the other reason and then I'll go on with the third reason why Spain could win agony I don't know if it is agony I, I wonder if it's pronounced somewhat differently but that song y'all if we thought Chanel was giving us something bombastic, 
this is giving us something bombastic. There's range in the vocal. If he's able to deliver this vocally, it's going to be something. And I know there's going to be choreography. So we've got that nice pairing of a vocal vocal moments and then a way to bring it to life where it's like you're singing and dancing and kind of having all these moving parts. Look, I'm not saying that those are the only options, but <laughs> to me, those three options, if they come into the fold, it's instantly my number one. And I feel like it'll be hard for anyone to kind of mimic or top those pieces. Agony might have the toughest road to traverse. And I say this not seeing the staging or the live performance. So I'm saying this kind of with the caveat of I might be, you know, like once we see it live, it's like, okay, yeah, no, nothing's coming for this. But I think sonically it's just, yeah, arde. A what? Yeah, I Spain is coming. Okay, so we're just gonna leave it at that. Um, number three, the UK. That's that's what I'm gonna go with. The UK has the opportunity to win it on home soil. They do. This tap music partnership clearly is working out. Sam Ryder. I mean, I'm watching a movie on Netflix like a month ago. And at the end, it's like, if I were an astronaut, I'd be floating in midair. I'm like, what? 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 I mean, they're like really investing in this artist. They're pushing the song out there. And so if this tap music coordination really continues to work, and it doesn't have to work with their known artists, it absolutely, absolutely doesn't. I do feel there's a unique opportunity, though, if one of their larger artists like Ellie Goulding, um, and I know, I guess this was Dua Lipa's team at one point. I, I don't know if Dua is still with tap music, but I, I will say this could really be an opportunity for, you know, a, I would say a, a known artist because you, you get to have the opportunity to potentially, you know, play it on home soil if you, you know, if you're a UK artist and that's just nice. I mean, to play, to play it on home, home soil, I think that's pretty good, but you know, me talking about Ellie Goulding, I don't say that to like kind of block out all the other artists they have. Tap music has some really diverse artists that I think create really thoughtful music. They've got like some really dope electronic artists like on their roster. They, they've got some hip hop folks like giving us a little bit of flair, giving us some energy um, there. And I also wonder if there's the potential because, you know, they represent writers and producers as well. They don't just represent artists. So I wonder if there's also an opportunity if tap music is doing the collaboration for them to maybe get an artist that might have different management, but the song is penned by one of the writers or producers that they have on their roster. So that could be really interesting as well. I, I just, I think that the UK, now that they've felt, they've touched the kingdom, they just got a little touch. They weren't first place, they got second, but they touched it and they saw like, oh, this is all it kind of takes. I think now that hunger is reinvig reinvigorated. Now that hunger to come and, you know, really just own this and say like, we can do this. We can do this. Instead of, you know, having the attitude, like sort of the defeatist attitude of like, no one wants to see it for us. It's like, no, you have to want it for yourself. Because I will tell you in years past, it seemed like 
you know, like some of those UK folks didn't even want it for themselves just because they were so afraid that they lose, you know, that it's like, well, if we look like we care and we miss out, that's embarrassing, you know, honestly, which is kind of how I imagine, you know, maybe folks in Germany feel because I feel like they, they do care and just Lord Jesus, <laughs> but what they be putting out, it's like, oh God, oh God, other than got that thing that I can't deny. Such a shame that that didn't come through. Such a shame. Such a shame. And then they followed up with "I don't feel hate," which wasn't bad, honestly. For a U for a Eurovision act, it, it it felt refreshing in the lineup that year. Candidly, just my opinion. But I mean, definitely not. Got that thing that I can't deny. You know, it was a step down. Okay, and so just you know. People who make bets and stuff. Don't forget, I said Ukraine, I said Spain, and I said the UK. Okay, I said I said those. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I think this would have been better had I done it with no songs, because you'll just think like, oh, you're just going off of this. But let's move on. And I talked about them before, so I won't belabor it. But remember, I said a Balkan. I said a Balkan. So what am I going to say? And I will say this. I said Serbia last year. I did. I had Serbia in my mix last year. And you know what? I'm going to put Serbia and Slovenia back in the mix. So Serbia and Slovenia. Serbia, we don't have any songs yet. Slovenia, we have the artist. We have the artist. And if they do anything of the ilk that they've done before, I think we're I think we're in good hands. I think we can feel comfortable with that. With Serbia, I just, I think the same things I thought last year. Serbia just knows how to give us something ethnic. They know how to give us something that feels forward thinking, you know, and even with Hurricane, yes, it was like girl group energy, but it was still fun. And the way that they executed it on the stage, like it looked professional. They looked like Destiny's Child. I'm just going to say they looked really professional. That when I see execution like that, not just in the vocal, we'll talk about the vocals later, but when I see execution like that, where the, the styling is thoughtful, where the staging is thoughtful, where we're really trying to tell the story on stage and we are investing in it, that tells me that that's a country that wants to win. Now, I will say Serbia has won before, and I am biased to countries that have never won Eurovision before. But it's been a minute, and given the amount of Balkan countries that just are not able to participate this year because of the funds, because of the money, I really do feel, it's sad, and we are going to feel, we are going to feel that absence on the stages. In the semifinal nights and in the grand final, we will feel the absence of those countries there, and I think what a wonderful way to usher them back in by saying, now this is of course if the song is good, you know, performance is good. Um, but what a way to usher back in saying like Europe, we embrace this and we and we missed it. And we're grateful for what was present here. But we need y'all back. Like we need y'all back into the mix. So I, I do really, really hope um, that Serbia comes correct this year. I feel that they will off the momentum of Constracta and last year. So Serbia, I do feel like, and Serbia is a country and a Balkan country that you can kind of bet on a little bit. So we'll see what they give us. 
we'll see what we end up getting. But I, I think that Serbia is in a really good place overall this year. Now moving on to Slovenia. Slovenia has never won Eurovision before. They've come close. They've come close. Um, but Slovenia EMA is like one of the most slept on national selections. I don't know if EMA always picks like the best track. I, you know, like I, I don't want to say that I've loved everything that they picked, but I feel like when they get it right, they get it so, so right. You know, I, honestly, last year, them not qualifying, I think kind of sucked. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just going to say it. Like, I think that kind of sucked. The fact that that didn't qualify. Disco was a great track. It was a great track. I think in the world, like, that's a song I could see playing on alternative radio in the States. Okay? Like, it's a great track. So I, I think it sucked that they didn't qualify last year. We can go back to Amen, which Anna had won for Voda. Voda, I don't think would have qualified, but I know a whole bunch of people thought that it would have qualified. I think that there were other songs in the national selection that I would have picked. But let's go back. Let's go back to Sebi. That song was so current and modern. You could bring that song to Eurovision this year. Hasn't aged a day. Hasn't aged a minute. Okay? Okay? And then in the name of my girl, Leia Sirk. Balanene. Hey. Balanene. Yeah. EMA, EMA, I think, they didn't always pick right. And that was the issue. And honestly, with the internal selection of Joker out, I kind of hope that Slovenia keeps this going. Um, Just point blank. I, I hope that they keep it going because I think that this is this is right. But let me tell you another Slovenian track that I like. When you're down, down low. Slipping in the undertow When you're down, down low You know that I'm here for you I didn't understand the headphones <laughs> I didn't understand the headphones But, you know, I <laughs> But I like the track I, I really did like the track I just think um, at EMA We got introduced to so many great artists Honestly so many great artists uh, with EMA. And I think times when they didn't pick. So so I just, I would like them to start going through those artists that were kind of the fan favorites from EMA. See what those artists are up to now. Give them the opportunity to come to, come to Eurovision. I, I just, just saying, just saying. I, I would love to see it. And just with Joker out this year, I think that, I think that Joker out is going to give us something good. And if it ain't, if it ain't a winner, I just feel like it's going to be top 10. It feels so early to say that. It's what my psychic itch is saying. <laughs> it's what my psychic itch is saying. So those are my five. I said Ukraine, Spain, UK, Serbia, and Slovenia. I think, I don't know. I'm going out on a limb. This might be crazy. This might be crazy. Um, because I will say it is weird. Because now that we are in national selection season... You know, I think I would probably, 
I would maybe amend this to potentially include a Finland because I think Finland has tons of options that have winter potential. I might even include Portugal because good God, Portugal's national selection. I truly cannot figure out what song is my favorite. I cannot, like literally, I cannot decide what song I like the most because so many options. Bathing in choices for Eurovision. I would even say Esti Lau. I'm nervous about Esti Lau because I don't think that they're going to pick. I, I don't know if they're going to actually pick the song that that is kind of giving me, you know, vibes. It seems like Ollie, the song Venom, that's just very um, <laughs> Nickelback and not really adding anything different to the genre, to be honest. Uh, but I do feel like Bedwetters is a really interesting act. I think Alika Bridges is a very interesting act. And then honestly, my personal favorite, <laughs> my personal favorite song uh, from SC Lau right now um, is from ML's. Maels, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Um, so good at what you do. That's actually, that's actually my favorite song from the national selection. But I do think, I think Alika has a song that could be, that could be some winner potential. The song is called Bridges. Really interesting what Estonia is giving us with that. Uh, but it does seem like on the internet. It seems like Ollie with Venom seems to be the far and away favorite. I don't think that that's winning Eurovision, though. I just, I don't, that, no, it, it's not winning Eurovision. And if we look at the odds right now, you, you might be thinking to yourself, people are already betting on Eurovision? Yes, you might want to bet after listening to this podcast. You might want to, you know, throw some money down because... Look, right now in the betting odds, Ukraine has a 16% chance of winning. And some people would just say, oh, it's politics. Oh, it's politics. Uh, which is not completely fair because that song is very, very good. And it's very, very current. I have played, I played, um, I played Fusa and I played Agony and I played Ukraine's track for a friend of mine. And they were like, Oh, I like all of this, but the Ukrainian song, like, by and far, is like my favorite. Like, just that that stretch. So, with Ukraine at sixteen percent chance of winning, they are followed by Sweden with ten percent chance. And I think that ten percent chance might be there because people are thinking about some of the heavy hitters that are at Melody Festival in. And I don't know what Lorien is going to give us. I will probably like it because I loved. I've loved everything that she's come out with since winning Eurovision. I'm one of those people. But also Jan-Henrik Falgren. He's, I guess, paired with a DJ. So is it possible we could be getting something a little bit Kaino-esque? Like, are we getting Sammy ethnic sounds mixed with something dancey? Because I would be here for that. I think Europe could be here for that. And Sweden would finally be doing the thing that we want them to do so desperately, which is to give us something not in English. So Sweden has a 10% chance of winning. And Italy in number three 
has a 7% chance of winning. Y'all, I'm going to tell y'all right now. Even though Italy is going to give us something quality and something good, they won't be winning anytime soon. I think we got, like, Italy's going to have to wait four more years. Four more years. And then maybe we could get them back in winter contention. I think. I think. And then following up, so in fourth place, so if we're looking at the betting odds, with 6% chance of winning is Finland. And I'm going to be real with y'all. Finland just has to pick right. Okay? Finland just has to pick right. I think Finland, because here's the thing. Everyone is hyping up Cha. Cha. Cha, 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 cha. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Finland, everyone is hyping up cha-cha. Um, I think for me, where I'm at is I think something to lose could be really, really special. I think something to lose could be something really interesting, I think. I think, um, yeah, I... I, I it's something about her aesthetic sonically the song i i'm into it um i actually am liking the song um uh well on it well let me just say this too just so everyone knows i liked all of the songs <laughs> so i liked everything that i heard from uden musiken kilpalu kilpalau uden musiken Kilpalu, I'm I'm going for it. I'm trying. Um, yeah, I liked all the songs, but if I'm thinking about winner potential, I do. I would kind of love to see a song like Cha Cha win. Honestly, I, I think it's just it's rousing. I do wonder how the jury would treat it. I do. I do wonder how the jury would treat it. Alexandra's something to lose again. I mentioned that, but I also like. Uh, there's a performer, Benjamin, Hoida Moot. I like that song. There's something about that that feels like, oh, maybe. I just think overall, things that I feel comfortable saying for winning Eurovision this year, I think we're going to have something upbeat win. I don't think it's going to be like a power ballad. So some of you may be thinking, well, what about Norway, Alicia? Norway has such a strong national selection. Look, y'all, this is a Eurovision for Real podcast, and you don't have to agree with me, you know, you don't have to agree with me, but I have to keep it real with you. I have not heard, and and when I say heard and seen, something from Norway that I feel like could win Eurovision right now. Sorry, y'all. And I think the front runner right now is Ulrike, and I love her. She has one of those vocal tones that, like, no matter what she sings, I just get chills because the phrasing is right. The vocal is so supported. She has this little lilt in the way that she, you know, sort of um, executes the phrasing of the songs and the precision and accuracy with which she attacks every note. It really is something to behold, but she is singing a very generic pop power ballad. And quite frankly, that's not winning Eurovision this year. It's just not. It's just not winning Eurovision this year. I don't think that that's where Europe is. I don't think it's where they want to be. And the jury is only going to reward it but so much. And I really do think that we're in for a strong year this year. 
I really do. Last year was not that strong. This year I think is going to be stronger. I don't know if we'll be at 2021 levels of strength. But um, yeah, sorry y'all. Norway has not given me, and I'm talking about the performances that we've seen. There is more to come. And I'm recording this on January 26th. So I'm curious to see what else we have that will be brought to life on stage. But I have not seen a total package that has given me winter vibes yet. Yet. And sonically, when I was listening to the songs, I was like, there were maybe two. And I actually think we haven't seen those yet. So we'll see. We will see. And then in fifth place with the betting odds with a 5% chance of winning is one of my picks, the United Kingdom. It's something about, I don't know if there's home soil advantage as we've seen, but it's, you know, this is an interesting year because the UK, it's not like they won it last year. They were just in second place. So they have all the time in the world to come back. And I will also say, um, just to round out the top 10 of the betting odds currently, France is sitting in sixth position with 4%. Spain is sitting in seventh position with 3%. Lithuania, which I would love to see, is sitting in eighth position with 3%. Ireland, actually at 3%. And Australia rounding out the top 10 with 3%. And there's some other people with 3% too, but that's what we that's what we got. Okay. But I don't know if you're a betting person, but those are my bets. If I had money and I was able to bet, that's where I would probably allocate my funds. Thank you so much for listening to the Eurovision for Real podcast. I will be back. And I think our next time we're really going to be diving deep, deep into some of the national selections we have. And I'm hoping we could probably get deep with Melfest, maybe, because we'll have more information on Melfest then. So we shall see. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like this podcast. Well, do you like it? Can you can you give me a heart? I think on some of the some of the listening platforms you can you can send reactions. Uh, but definitely subscribe if you love the Eurovision Song Contest. Thank you so much.